You're listening to the Hey Elliot podcast at www.heyelliot.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Ah, yes, everybody. And now we are at part two of the Elliot curse. When we last left Elliot, 2008's Elliot, 10 years ago, Elliot, he thought he had the world on the string. He thought he was going to have a summer alone to himself to focus on writing something he's always wanted to do, creating something that he's always wanted to do, even acting he had a future for because of something he was doing at college. And he was a man on his own. He could go wherever he pleased, just drive to the reservation. It took about an hour to get there. Just listen to music. I think that summer I listened to, uh, I remember listening to Running Down a Dream uh, by Tom Petty and just, man, that was a good time. It's a nice day. Just had to go pick something up. That was it. That was a good summer. It was. It, was, it had so much promise. The summer had so much promise. And I wrote, and I got into. Like I got into uh, Russell Brand. I got really big into him in the summer of 2008. I would listen to his live uh, BBC broadcast. And, uh, you know, when I wasn't writing, I was able to go back to writing once I got distracted, which I feel like I'm not capable of anymore. You know what I mean? It's so sad how much my... And I don't know if it's because I got older. I don't think it's that. I think it's just my attention span is shot. Or maybe I've had so much... Like these disappointments coming up in the year 2008-2013. That it's gotten to me. You know what I mean? It's like a block. An emotional block. And once I could once I could beat that block, I'd probably be unstoppable. But I don't know if I'm ever going to beat it. So, your hero... Of the story, your flawed hero, Elliot Anderson, is writing. I remember Fourth of July. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know if she was. Uh, let's talk about Jocelyn here, because I'd been trying to get a hold of her to keep to kind of look at my progress on the script I'm doing, and I kept getting nothing back. And I was walking. Uh, I don't think I was walking from the house. The house wasn't that far away from campus. Or maybe I was just walking to the Humanities Building to write. I don't know where I had come from. Because it was nighttime. And it was the 4th of July. Or maybe I had come from that party. Was that a party? No. I think I just went for a walk. I think I might have just gone for a night walk. Because uh, I went to a college that would uh, be so dead once it got let out. The whole town. Because it was a college town. And so I could just walk. And I walked. And I think I walked by the baseball field. Because I knew they were having fireworks. And Anyway. I saw her coming out of the building. And I was like. Hey. Hey. Jocelyn. And. In my heart of hearts. I don't. I hope it's not true. But in my mind of minds. I it felt as though she was rushing to get away from me. She didn't look up. She just hustled as fast as she could to get into her truck and left. I couldn't get a word in. I couldn't even ask her if she even read it. I couldn't do anything, so she left. And I went up the stairs, and I uh, I wrote. I wrote that stupid movie that's on my website right now. So, but man, and I was eating, like... I was eating really weird because I would have just an apple and a banana for breakfast, which I can't do anymore. I literally cannot do an apple and banana for breakfast. I can, but I'll just get shaky and irritable, and uh, my hunger is not so happy. So, uh, where was I? And then for lunch, I would just have like a can of green beans, and that would be enough for me. And then, like, just like a can or a uh, hungry man dinner for breakfast or for supper, and I'd go to bed. It was easy. It was so unbelievably easy to just eat like that. And it worked. I lost a whole bunch of weight. And so, we have Indy, who made a friend. 
And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and just say what her nickname for him was. It was Nipple Man. Because he had pierced nipples. And when I first uh, came up... When the, when the concept of this person was first brought to me, it was just a friend named Nipple Man who said he'd been to Nebraska, knows what Runza is. Because she was telling him that I was at Runza. Cause, because I had Sundays, I would go get some treat. And he was like, oh, I love Sunday, or whatever. And I was okay with it, okay? I was giving her the benefit of the doubt, because whatever. What was I going to do? So, yeah, maybe she made a new friend named Nipple Man, who says Pierce Nipples. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> I don't think that feeling's gone away, people. That just... I, I thought I got I thought I had actually gotten it. But as soon as I just started talking about him, it's just still there. It's so weird how that just it's like no time has passed. You know what I mean? When they say no love lost, it's just like no time has passed in that feeling. There's no like with Jocelyn, I can go, Well, she was going through other things, she might have been suffering, I don't know. But when it comes to this guy, my blood still goes cold. It really does. And I'm not going to I'm not going to put on a diaper and drive to Florida, okay? I'm just not going to do it. But it's still it still just drives me insane. And I I, I think you can kind of guess what's going to happen here. But let me let me go ahead. Now, as the couple of months progress, which in Elliot at 22 time, those two months seemed like a long time. So I felt like I had a lot of time to kind of just be alone and walk on campus and clean up. Like the dorms I cleaned up. It was perfect. I sweated. My knees hurt because I had to like get on my hands and scrub the, the um, what are they called? They're like little plastic um, strips they put at the bases to keep like vacuum cleaners and shoes and stuff from smudging up the smudging up the walls but I had to clean that by hand but every day I, me and the, the ladies dorm because the, the, the guy I was taking over for a guy who had a heart attack okay so I was taking over for him and helping clean that area up and every day around lunchtime the lady uh, dorm person and I would just watch General Hospital and have lunch that's what we would do. I really got into that uh, that storyline. Um, I don't remember it now, but it didn't go anywhere. At that, I can tell you. And so, I thought I had the world on a string. I booked the flight for Florida, and uh, I finished the script. I sent it to her. I saved one for me. Um, didn't hear anything back, of course, from Jocelyn. <sighs> and so I went to Florida. And uh, I don't know if I then decided to work then, or if I was decided if I said I was going to work, you know, then. The 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 um they had a at the time their seasonal was you had to work two weeks it didn't matter when you just had to work two weeks and so i think i thought i could do it and just go oh, i'll be there two weeks or however longer i'd like 50 i don't know how i don't remember okay stop pressuring me <sighs> anyway i was looking at the facebook posts then and uh he wasn't happy that uh that elliot 10 years ago was not a happy elliot because I flew over there. I left. I don't even remember what happened to my car. Oh, wait, my car. That's right. My car shit the bed. Because uh, during the summer, I had to drive to Omaha because I bought a few uh, copies of Janet Ivanovich, which I got into the year before uh, because I had a shift where I didn't have to do anything. And I read, I read the Stephanie Plum's first novel then, and I got into it. So when the summer came and she was going to be at the borders in Omaha, which no longer is there, I decided to drive down there. And um, when I was driving away, my 
I think it was my alternator or something decided to break to where my battery was going lower and lower and it was getting night. And the only person I got a hold of was Sam, who is now on KISS FM in Omaha. And uh, she was kind enough to, because I didn't think I can make it back home with uh, the battery running low, which I would have to turn the headlights off for. And so she let me stay the night. I paid her in gas and bush bush light, and then we hung out. And her boyfriend, the best thing, I just remember then her boyfriend came, boyfriend at the time, they were living together, but he came over, came home from his welding job, and she popped open a beer and handed him his dish, and he ate. And then we had a good time. They uh, played cards with some friends, and I finally went to bed. But... That was a fun day because I went to go see Janet Ivanovich and I was so thin and so young. And I remember she was surprised. She seemed surprised when she saw me there because it was me and a whole bunch of house housewives and their friends and stuff. And then there was me. And she almost seemed really surprised about me being there. But got through it. I got my autographs and everything. Got the book. And the adventure happened with Sam from Kiss FM. I'm going to call her Sam because I don't think she appears again in this story. Um, she's a good person, uh, has a great family, has a great career on KISS FM if you're ever in Omaha or the Omaha area. Folks, that was my first plug of the uh, Hey Elliot um, saga. Okay, dude, I have been talking <clears throat> for about, Jesus hour and 15 hour and 20 because i i think i'm recording this after the first part folks i just decided to go all in all right so where are we we are at ah yes the tickets i booked the tickets i don't remember what happened to the car i don't remember who drove me i don't remember who drove me there it could have been my mom. It could have been my dad. I don't think it was a friend because I did not leave it at the airport. So it must have been my mom or dad. But I don't remember for some reason. I don't remember that drive. Huh. I remember most everything about that summer, but that drive. Oh, wait. I'm getting ahead of myself. <clears throat> Do you know what? The sign you're in trouble is if your girlfriend has a friend <coughs> that she calls, let's say, Nipple Man. And once she starts calling Nipple Man, um, oh, what name should I give him? Dickhead. <laughs> once she gives Nipplehead, Nipplehead, Nipple Man, the name, his true name, Dickhead, okay? Once she starts calling him by his name, Dickhead, then I knew I had a feeling something was up. The second she did that, like, she didn't say, I am now going to start calling him Dickhead. She just started calling him Dickhead because that's his name. Okay, and I had a, I had a feeling that was something was up, but I didn't let it affect me, and so I went to Florida. I took the plane to Florida. It was good. It was my first flight, my first flight in uh, flying ever, and boy, howdy, I was terrified. That's for sure. But luckily. I was sitting next to a nice lady who was working with uh working with like a Purina company and she was selling them like she was Purina salesperson. I'm not really sure, but I am forever in her debt. She may not remember the flight of August 1st. Yeah, it was August 1st, wasn't it? August 1st, 2008. She will not listen to this, probably. I hope she's still around. I hope she's having a great long life. But she was very helpful because she I had never flown. I was a little nervous, pretty nervous, terrified. And she had um, said, oh, everything's fine. Your first flight? <laughs> oh, but I, I, I skydive a lot. I do this a lot. This is, I, I fly all the time. And so I would look at her at the corner of my eye every time there was a little turbulence, turbulence, turbulence in the air. And 
Yeah, so like she would at, like open her eyes once in a while when she'd feel turbulence, but then it'd go back and calm. And you know, the problem was there were storms in the area, so we had to fly around the airport a couple times. And when we finally landed, there were still storms. So what I ended up facing was I ended up facing a. Uh, Sorry, my head's getting away from myself. My head, Sometimes when I'm trying to plan what I'm going to say ahead of time, I get to a sad part. <laughs> I get to a sad part, and then it distracts me from the current present of what I'm trying to convey. So we land. We end up landing in Memphis. I'm at the Memphis airport, and the plane gets laid over. Because there's storms in the area passing through the south. So I let, uh, what am I calling her? Indy. I let Indy know, okay, that's fine. Maybe I didn't get a response back. I don't know. I don't remember that part. But I had a six-hour layover. The plane didn't leave until midnight. So I had to busy myself. I had crosswords, wandered around the, the airport. So midnight comes, finally get the plane going. It's like I don't land until about 2 o'clock at night in the morning. And uh, and I'm there. I'm wearing my nice shirt. I'm wearing very tight jeans that I bought new because there were 32s. I was wearing size 32s because I wanted to show off my skinniness. And I get there. It's been a long day because uh, took me a while to get there. And uh, she did not react like I was hoping she would. Like run up to me and kiss me and throw arms around me and stuff. Or even comment on how much white I lost. I don't know if I got that. Maybe I did, and I'm blocking it, but something was off. She was very standoffish. But at least she picked me up from the airport, right? And so we're driving, um, and she stops and gets gas. And then she's like, do you mind if we break up? And... It, nothing really hit me at the time. She was like, I just think we need to break up and, you know, be just friends. And I thought, I, I said okay, but it was sort of like an, uh, I don't understand it's okay. But I guess maybe it's what I wanted. I don't know. Now, oh, where am I? Oh, poor, poor 2008 Elliot's heart's getting broke. going to get broken, folks. I can't save him. I cannot save 2008 Elliot. I cannot. You're just going to have to bear with me while I'm trying to convey the emotions and everything. Anyways, um, we get there, and I guess we're broken up. We get to the uh, apartment. Everything's all right. Go to sleep. I think I get yelled at at one point because I flushed... I tried to flush cereal down the toilet. Apparently it's a no-no, but I couldn't finish the cereal because I let it out of sweets, and I was trying to lose weight. And I, um, I guess I decided to work. I had to cut my hair, but this I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't know if it was the day after or the two days after, but it was fairly quick because I didn't stay at Disney that long. It might have been a week, two weeks. But very quickly she said, hey would you like to hang out with uh, Dickhead? And I was like uh, I, I guess if he's your friend. And I knew something was up. You know what I mean? Just I knew it. Oh my god. Can I tell you? I'm going to tell you what I said to him. Because we were at the Magic Kingdom. It was at 
it was at the worst place I could do this. It was at the kids' kids kind of area where uh, it's like Mickey's barnyard friends and stuff. That area, and we'd hung out, and I just pretended to ignore him. Didn't really try to get to know him, and then, and then I said, uh, "Oh God." I don't think I've told anyone this out loud. I don't think anybody knows that I did this. No, I think I did once. They probably don't care. But I said to him, you know, I've been trying for three years. You're not going to get anywhere with her. And he came back with, oh, this is awkward. And that's all he said. And then she came out of the bathroom. And so, we continued the day. I was not in a good mood. I did not trust this guy. I did not like him. And uh, I would turn around and catch them holding hands from time to time. Like, she didn't want me to know, but she was trying to do it behind my back. You know what I mean? Oh, God. See those feelings? Just They just, oh, they come back, man. They come back. Like, I caught them. I'd be walking in front. And they just hold hands and shit. Ugh. So I knew something had happened. And I remember she really likes Miyazaki movies. Like Spirited Away and stuff. So I got her Howl's Moving Castle. And at one point at this place she was staying at, I had bought the movie for her. And... I went to bed early, and I woke up in the middle of the night, and her and Dickhead were watching the movie. They were just laying there watching the movie, talking, and I tried to listen. Uh, I was a sneaky little brother at one point, so I, I know how to be quiet and listen and, you know, wait my time for all the... to dig up all the dirt I can, but... I just caught her laying her head, and they were just talking about shit. Stupid goddamn fucking shit that doesn't fucking matter in this whole fucking world. And I was just tearing up a little bit, just getting upset. I couldn't sleep until the movie was over. I just watched them. And I watched what she was doing, and I didn't... I had... And so the next day, I was an asshole to them. And apparently, he had the nerve to ask her who pissed in his Wheaties. Well, I guess it's not a fact of who pissed in my Wheaties, but who came in my Wheaties, really. Who just ejaculated their load in my Wheaties? That's really the question. Now, who pissed in my Wheaties? Okay, folks, this is getting a little painful. But we're going to plow ahead right now. Because you need to know this. That there's been a curse upon me. It has not happened yet this August but it happens every five years <sighs> so I go whatever and I leave and I spend the whole day away I go to like McDonald's I sneak into uh, I sneak into Epcot talk to a friend and uh, is that the day? I don't know but I think that was also the day I snuck off to the movies and I watched Pineapple Express because I, I knew something was up and it was hurting me. And I watched the Pineapple Express. I watched Wally. I think I fell asleep in Wally though. And I watched something else. But Pineapple Express, I think, was the highlight of that whole Disney World trip. And. I'm sorry. I'm just kind of getting distracted by future events that seem to kind of connect but don't connect. And uh, I'm also not writing this or rewriting it or editing it in any way. So that you get what you get. And I remember watching Pineapple Express. And I remembered uh, how uh, my girlfriend, Indy. I don't know if I'd said her name. I just kind of went, I went blank for most of the time while I was talking to you. I don't know if I said her name. If I did, I apologize. But Indy, um, 
But anyway, sorry, it's kind of tough. I didn't know it was going to be this tough to kind of get what was going on. Um, I remember... Uh, I remember just trashing. Trashing the movie theater. Like, throwing popcorn around. I ordered up. I just threw wrappers. Just left my pop all over the place. And I said, screw it. It felt so good. Because I knew how much Indy cared about... Uh, how much he cared about cleanliness of movie theaters. So I decided to be just a trashy person and say, screw it. Let him pick it up. And so I did that. Maybe that's where the curse starts. I don't know. Um, I also make plans to hang out with uh, that, that friend that I shared ice cream with at Epcot. And then I went back. And then I had a moment with um, one of Crystal's friends. The first time she met me, it was the first time she met me, and I locked the keys into the trunk. And um, this girl, uh, let's call her Piper. Piper, first time you saw me, I was, you know, like, I was so fucking confused with what was going on. I had to cut all my hair off because I decided to start working for Disney again. And that was pretty uneventful. <clears throat> working for Disney was pretty uneventful uh, there. It was the same old thing at Epcot, doing, you know, bathrooms, doing trash cans, cleaning up, leaving. And that's all that was. I don't think that I had any real events happen that uh, summer when it came to working at Epcot at Disney World. I still have my ID from then. <coughs> Excuse me. I was so thin, but I was not happy. You could see that face was not happy. But I know why. Because I remember I had to drive to that place to get my hair cut and my picture done. And guess who was in the back seat? Um, Indy and um, Dickhead. And every time she would put her head on his shoulder, I would hit the brakes really hard. I'd do that. I was petty enough to do that. Every time I would do that. And it worked every time. It got her head right off his shoulder. <sighs> but so I had to take my get my hair cut, work at Disney for two weeks, or a week and a half, however long it took for the seasonal status to keep going. And we left. Wait a second. She did do this one thing where she made out with uh, one of her friends in front of me. I didn't get it, but she did it anyway. She was going through that phase, I guess, huh? Like, she did, just didn't, she's not done it since. She's never wanted to do it before. I don't, I don't get it, but she let it happen. That's neither here nor there. But, um, we drive back, right? We start driving back to Nebraska, and I still feel like something's up. I still feel like something's up, and um, I don't know if we took three nights, because I think one night she had to stay something about her grandpa. Anyway, um, we stayed at this hotel. And one thing I was good at is guessing passwords. I don't do that anymore. It's not a. Um, it's not what I try to do anymore. I don't try to sneak onto her page. I don't do any of that. But I did. At uh, this time, we had MySpace. MySpace was bigger than Facebook. <clears throat> and so I looked at her messages. And, um, well, needless to say, I learned that... Uh, the day I was flying down to Florida, she was having sex with Dickhead. That's right, folks. She was having sex with Dickhead. And I was being held over because of storms in the area. And now, 
I learned that just by the messages. They were doing a silly, those stupid things they don't do anymore, which was uh, ask questions and you answer. And it was like everyone would, you know, answer the questions their own way. And it was like, have you ever had sex? Yeah, and it was the best day of my life or something like that. And, you know, reading more of the emails, it was like, you know, just like shit like, I don't know why I'm not sexual with him, but with you it's different and stuff like that. And I used to think, because I never had it happen to me, but I used to think that getting cheated on was something you could deal with quickly and easily. That it was not going to affect me. That I could handle it if it ever happened. Because if she doesn't want to be with me, then fuck her. To go with him. However, that was not what I found. That was not the case, folks. My heart had gotten ripped out. Um, I don't think I confronted her with it until we got back to Nebraska. But... uh yeah man I learned about that and I was incensed I was angry she even uh, told something personal that happened to her when she was a kid that she never told me and she hasn't talked to me about it since and it smarted that hurt too folks that that hurt 20 uh, 22 year 22 year old Elliot I gotta tell you I didn't think that was going to hurt me as hard as it did. And it did. Um, I remember um, I did something mean. I did something pretty evil. So bear with me. I uh, I had found these two airsoft guns. Like the kind you're supposed to put CO2 cartridges in. That makes a big old bang and stuff. Uh, one was black. Like just black all over you didn't have it didn't even have a single orange uh topper around the barrel at all and another one was like a silver and pearl one um i also found a uh uv a uv vodka in that same area i left it under their bed so i took them home anyway she uh decided to stay the night and and at one point, I took the black gun out, and I cocked it in front of her. And, like, she's terrified, because she doesn't know if that's gun real. gun's real. And she says, please don't. All right, I'm an asshole. So I point the gun at the ground, and I shoot it. And it makes a pop sound. It makes her jump. And I guess I got some sort of satisfaction out of that. I'm not proud of it now. I'm not proud of it now. It was an asshole thing to do. But, uh... I don't know, man. And that broke me. Like, the fact that she did that, and I spent a day pretty much comatose in that room on the second floor of my uh, family's house. And, And then it was like I would cry to sleep, I would wake up, and then I would just think about stupid I am and how hurtful the whole thing was. And I just curl within myself and just cry. And I remember telling um, Indy, I can't, I don't, I, I, I'm actually right now, I'm in like a zone right now filled with uh, kind of resentment still and anger and upset. But like, it's like going back in time to that feeling. So I don't know if I'm saying her name or not. And if I'm not, I, I hope I'm not. But if I did, I am sorry. <sighs> but. It's like I would wake up and then the crying would start again. Like it would just turn in on itself and I would just crumple into this circle and just start crying and just how stupid I was. Just stupid everything as of how how horrible she was. And it would just do that. And my parents couldn't do anything about it. My parents had to see that. They had to feel it. They knew something was up. And, yeah, and I know, I know that I told her that he's just using you and stuff, you know. Uh, so, yeah. 
where am I going with this? You know, later I started kind of reading. Like, for some reason, he gave her his passwords, I guess to show trust. So I had started reading his shit too because I'm a creepy asshole. Or at least 22-year-old Elliot was a creepy asshole. But from what I can see, his trajectory... Because during the fall at one point, um, Indy comes to me and she says, you were right, he broke up with me. And so I was looking at his shit because I was a creepy asshole. And he convinced one of her friends that they weren't together anymore, slept with her, and um, then found another woman, um, convinced the middle one, the, the girl he was just with, to have an abortion, and then fell in love with the next woman and now he's married to her. See isn't that is that fun how love works. Anyway, uh confronting Indy about uh about Dickhead, um like of course there's a lot of I don't knows, I don't knows. But when I finally got what happened, I can never watch the movie Wanted anymore. Is that the movie? Yeah. I can't watch it anymore. I never have. Every time I've had a chance, I had to turn it away, say, no, I don't want to watch that, or whatever. I can't watch it to this day. Wanted with uh, Angelina Jolie and Morgan Freeman and stuff. I can't do it. It's still, like, raw there. You know what I mean? Because apparently they, they decided to go see this movie. And this was the same day I was flying down. And... Whoops, it starts raining, right? Now, Florida rains are pretty good. They'll go for a strong 10 to 15 minutes, drench you if you're stuck in it, and then they'll go away, leaving you wet, and the humidity will rise, and you'll be just hot and wet. So that's what happens to them. They get caught out in this storm. They go back to his place. He decides to get fresh, and she decides to let him, and they end up having sex. Now, I've talked to it before about what happened, and so you can kind of see why that also upset me and really has fucked me up. Like, still fucks me up. It's... And... Oh, my God. It's tough because there's so many things in this world you think you can handle until you're dealt them. And that was one of them. Um, I did not know how to respond. I can't watch Wanted to this day. And I'm never going to watch that movie. And um, I don't know. I should have made. I should have made better decisions. Going on after that. Because. Maybe my life would have been different. If I had just said fuck you. Fuck you. I'm leaving i'm gonna finish i'm not even gonna finish this fucking college and i'm gonna fucking go out and leave and find some other place i would have been 22 and i've been just fine i would have been just fine but i didn't okay i did not do that so the fallout of me getting my heart broken well i suppose at one point, I told you about it in the last podcast, but my dad did drag me along um, to see, to go with my grandma and him. My grandma's now passed away as of this year, and she's not part of the curse. I do not believe she's a part of the curse that may or may not be coming this year for me. But, um, yeah. The whole day was just me staring out the window. Occasionally a tear would roll down my cheek, and my dad knew. He would, I don't remember what he said, but he tried to say, you know, things make me happy and everything. And just sitting in Council Bluffs, not far from where I'm living right now. I could walk there in about 20 minutes, 19 minutes maybe, and just sitting there in the can room, just in the middle, just looking at nothing. I couldn't even fathom what had happened. It was just debilitating to no end. And I remember that moment. 
And I had no clue that I'd probably be back about a month and a year later. A year and a month later. I don't know how that happened. But it did. Because like I said, in 22-year-old Elliot's life, a year lasted a lot longer than 32-year-old Elliot. It's sad, man. I just let it all go away, didn't I? Anyways, what followed was um, I met a girl... Uh, first thing named, um, oh, let's call her Brad. She was a, let's call her Brad, okay? We're going to call her Brad. But the fun thing about Brad was that she was in the same, uh, she was in the same, she was in the same, uh, not a major, I guess. But she was a newspaper. And her and I started passing notes. I decided not to tell her about this indie thing. Because this indie thing I still allowed to be my friend. Okay? Still allowed it her to be a part of my life. I did not give up on her. And so her uh Brad and I started getting closer and closer. And then finally she learns from I don't know, someone else. And she's like, why didn't you tell me about this? Why didn't you tell me about this? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. It's complicated. It's stupid. And that was when the po- anything possible with Brad ended. Because I was still talking to Indy. Still allowing her to be a part of my life and a friendship. And, um, yeah. And so Dickhead breaks up with her. And... Man... I just made so many poor decisions after that happened. I was trying to use women, but it didn't work because they were smarter than me. I was manipulative with people. And then I started drinking heavily at parties and making an ass of myself. Because um, the f- that whole year was a blur. But at some point, Indy and I get back together. And we remain together. Um, but we got back together. I don't know. Because maybe I thought she'd change and be more giving to me. I don't know. I don't know because I'm a pushover. And I'll fucking never know because I'm a fucking pushover. (sighs) But any chances I had with anybody was gone after that. But I still tried to keep this movie made. I also had to do a, um, I had to do a one-act play, and um, that went well. I had people mix a mix of people from, uh, from radio and from theater do it. I didn't, you know, I didn't do bad things. Too bad. And after I graduated. Which I graduated hungover, by the way. Um, I started making my movie. I got a house with my friend um, Jersey, and we decided to make uh, Jackson and Dead Girl, and that was fine. The whole thing was fine. Maybe I'll talk about that at a different time. Sorry, sorry. There's so many pauses. It's just I'm trying. I did not write this down. I'm trying to think back to that time, and I just know it was all a blur. Uh, there was frustrations. It did not land on. It did not land on. Um, uh, what's her name? What am I calling her? Oh my God, with my notes, Indy's um shoulders, but she certainly did help. Um. I think I probably became a little more manipulative, more of an asshole, and I probably treated people poorly that I shouldn't have, and I burned a lot of bridges because of that. Now, was it because of what happened? It might have been the basis, but what I chose to do afterwards is all on me, and I think in a lot of cases, I won't be able to make up for it, which is really sad. Okay, so between 2008 and 2013, we kind of have to, 
we had to fast forward a bit, but not fast forward too much because I need to bring up uh, Jocelyn once again because Jocelyn will come back in um, will come back in the uh, next part. And can I tell you, directing almost killed me because of scheduling, because of what I had to do. But the fun parts, the fun parts of directing Jack's Living Dead Girl was the delegating. Like right now, I know if I had a team and I could delegate my ideas to them, it would be so much easier and I can do it. I know I can. I know how to... Sorry, I keep sighing too. My dad and I had a blow up um, when I was at my grandma's. Not after I was after my grandma's funeral, but it's it's been like this since I was a kid. Can I tell you? He delegates differently than I delegate. My delegate has to be my information. I give someone has to be thorough, and I know they're not an extension of my arm. So I'm not going to just expect them to know what to do. Okay, and if they ask a question, I'm not gonna get in their ass about it because they're not my right hand. My right hand knows what to do because it's connected to my brain. All right, it's like trying to tell a dog what to do. If I can say that, it's different because that dog understands things differently than I do, and that's how you delegate. My dad does not know how to delegate. He'll probably think of something I should be doing. And if I'm not doing it, then I'm not helping because I'm not doing what he thinks I should be doing. Instead of him telling me exactly what needs to happen. Oh, my God. Feelings. These feelings just bubble up, man. You think you're okay. You think you're trying to get something licked, a certain attitude licked. But then things happen and you bring them up and they just come back and you're just, you're back there. You're back at 22-year-old Elliot. Fucking idiot. You know what I mean? God damn, I let so much time go by. Alright. Is this interesting to anybody? Is this interesting to anyone at all? See? Because I'm getting I'm becoming angry. I'm becoming mad. Just thinking about it. Anyway, we're talking about Jocelyn, right? Okay, Jocelyn promised to be a part of the shooting, a part of the editing, a part of the helping out. Now, I've said before, in the first part, Jocelyn may have had cancer, and I think she did. She had cancer, and I was not very sensitive or supporting of that. And now, could you possibly place what happened with Indy the summer before? I don't know. Sorry, my windows are right open. I'm airing the place out. I'm airing my apartment out, all right? Just in case. Just in case it needs to stop smelling like stinky boy. Anyway. Where was I? Jocelyn. But Jocelyn came to one shoot, did nothing, left, and didn't come to any shoots after that. No Jocelyn to be found. So I had to shoot it. I had help, okay? I had help, and the only way I could plug her is if I don't talk about her. Any of the stories that we've done. I did kind of have a crush on her. That's all I'm going to say. But uh, right now, she's working in L.A., uh, Lexi Dvorak. I'm going to say her name for real because she helped me out immensely, and I did nothing but be dumb with her. You know what I mean? Effectively burning that bridge later on. Because I'm a dumbass. Okay? But, you know, if anyone's listening and they want to hire someone who's great, uh, Alexei Dvorak. That's the one you do. I don't know if her name's going to change soon. Um, hopefully you'll be able to find her. But anyway. Um, Okay, so we're not going to talk about Lexi because I mentioned her name because I want her to get work and be successful in her life. Because however I treated her does not. It does not make me feel bad. It makes me feel bad the way I treated her, but I still like her. Does that make sense? (laughs) 
I have no ill feelings to Lexi Dvorak. But just because I changed your name doesn't mean I don't have ill feelings to you. Okay, I'm just trying to trying to say protect people, right? I'm trying to protect people. Okay. It's tough. It's tough thinking about this stuff because that's probably why I didn't want to type it out. I did not want to write it out. But anyway, what happened for the 2008 curse is I got my heart ripped out from my body. I made poor decisions after that. And um, I lost some friends. I lost bridges, burned bridges, because I became an asshole. Bigger asshole than I was before I left, and I was an asshole then too, folks. Um, anyway, Jocelyn did not come to the shoots, and this was probably, this, this was the spring of 09, and, um, in the next few months I would end up in the town I'm living in now. Or 50. I don't want to, I don't really want to start part two now, until we get there. So let me talk about Jocelyn, because Jocelyn is going to be back. Well, the mention of Jocelyn will be back in part two. But Jocelyn was going through stuff, like I said, cancer and everything. Um, just had a boyfriend and um, didn't have time for me. And uh, coupled with what had happened uh, with... What am I calling her? Um, Indy. With Indy... Um, I don't think I was in the right mind. I don't think I was right. I think I should have just left that whole place, man. I should have just left the way it was. You know what I mean? I should have said, fuck it. I'm not even going to graduate this place. Fuck this place. I'm out. Is what I should have done. But I didn't. Remember? Loyal to a fault. And so, um, I guess, let me fast forward to 2013 okay before we get to part two um so what happens is i end up moving with indy to um iowa i end up moving it with indy to this town because i had nowhere to go i had decided that i was gonna try part-time at disney world and say screw it bye indy and i couldn't cut it I couldn't get a full-time job anywhere, and the place I was staying, the rent was too high, the rent was up, and I was like, I can't do this. And so I moved in into a studio apartment with Indy, and which was bad, because I don't think we got most of our shit together, and let alone living together in a studio apartment. Oh, God. And... I mean, the studio apartment, but it's not as bad as New York or L.A. You know, there's still room, but it's still a studio apartment. And throughout that time, I tried editing the movie before I left college. I didn't get it. I uh, kept emailing uh, Jocelyn. Finally, I remember what I said. I was like, you don't give a shit about this movie you never did you don't fucking care just give me the fucking movie and i'll find some other way to do it and so jocelyn writes back um you know you're you don't fucking know what's going on i fucking have this going on you need to be fucking patient i've tried every fucking thing i could and after that she unfriended me she didn't block me she just unfriended me and so i ended up going in the middle of the night to there to get the tapes and try to salvage whatever I could and then um then Jocelyn leaves this message on her Facebook saying Elliot is not a student of the school if anyone like if anyone lets him in they will be expelled from school and he'll be charged or something like that like he was just angry and vitriolic and stupid but I still had the tapes. So how I got the tapes going was I, I agreed to help shoot stuff, which never went to air, for a teacher at Iowa where I was staying. And so I just spent that time editing then because I knew I wasn't going to get help from Jocelyn. 
And my anger for Jocelyn grew and grew and grew and grew. It grew with, um, what am I calling him? It grew with uh, Jersey as well. You know what I mean? It just, look, I took so much time, maybe even sacrificed my, my mind trying to get this done. And you have nothing. You can't even just drop a line once in a while. And it was just so much anger that came from me about this woman. And I still made it work. I shared it with the right people. I even shared it with one of the guys who was in it. And then right after that, he unfriended me. Like, it didn't make any sense. And he was in a stupid... He was an extra in a stupid fucking TV show. I don't remember what the name was. But I just knew he was in it. I mentioned it and, and nothing. And I don't know. Am I still bitter? Yeah. Yeah, I'm fucking bitter. Because I'm like Little Red Hen over here. You know what I mean? Little Red Hen's fucking movie is what it should have been called. Hey, this is Little Red Hen's movie. I'll write it. I'll direct it. I'll shoot it. I'll act in it. I'll do anything. But I can't show anything for it because no one's helping me. That's what happened. All right? So that's why I was a little bitter there. And, um... <laughs> so that's that's kind of what happened with the movie. Um, personally, I start drinking. Like, it started out with six packs whenever... Uh, oh, what am I calling her? Oh, I can't remember her name. Hold on a second. Let me look at my... Whenever Indy... Whenever Indy would uh, leave for the weekend, as she liked to do, she would go home for the weekend, which is like two hours away. And I would drink. I would sneak a drink. I would... It started out with uh, six packs of, you know, just Miller Lite or whatever. or And then it got heavier. It got to vodka. And then the hiding not only got to her being gone, but it got to me being um, after work. I would park at the apartments across the street, take a few shots, and then I'd come home. And for the most part, she did not smell a thing on me. Uh, But that was also because she wasn't smelling me. You make sense? It's not like she was coming up and kissing me and hugging me and holding me. Because I think it was a stupid studio apartment. I think uh, we weren't ready to do that. And so it kind of grew into a little resentment. I never talked to her about it because I'd never get a straight answer. <sighs> but uh, that's where I was. I was sneaking a drinks and I was um, just what she called giving up on life. I just decided to... Um, I decided to just read for the rest of my life. And so then I read. I read Hunter S. Thompson, read a lot of Stephen King, and I just read and I read. But what I would have to do is I would have to make coffee, turn it off before it beeps. I would have to either have a little light or a light of the kitchen and read through there and drink coffee. Because if I woke her up, it would be the end of the world. And is she a bad person? No. I don't think we were ready for living together. And we did. Because it was just a year after she just ripped my heart out. Do you know what I mean? So it's nothing bad on... um, I keep forgetting what I'm calling her. On um, Indy's mind. You know one of the last times I saw alopecia was here in this town. She came to visit me and I was hungover. Because um, Indy was gone. I couldn't afford the bill. So she paid for my breakfast. And I felt so horrible. I think that was the last time I saw her. Must have been. God damn. Anyway. I'm probably going to let this go. As part. Uh, as part two. So now you kind of know where I am. To get to. Uh, 2013. You kind of know. I don't know. Maybe I'll think of something that happened. If I do. I'll. You know. Of course I'll interject. About what happened. But, yeah, so that is what happened in 2008. Inconsolable crying. It started out so good, it ended so bad. Does that make sense? I mean, I don't know if I can go in completely to what I did. 
between 2009 and 2013. But we're going to get to 2013, people, I promise. In the next part, we'll get to what happened then. And, uh, yeah. Uh, this has been the Elliot Podca- Hey Elliot Podcast. This is the Elliot Curse Part 2. We'll be putting up Part 3 fairly shortly. Thank you for listening, and bye bye